good morning. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Tea Time with Tommy, where we take a few minutes, share a cup of tea together, and we are hopefully able to gain some encouragement as we look at different scriptures and devotional thoughts. Today's podcast is brought to you by Uplifting Coconut Chai from Plum Deluxe. There's something about a classic masala chai paired with fresh coconut that we just can't get enough of. In this case, we're using a malty Assam black tea, which gives this chai a robust base from which to blossom its fragrant and forward tropical and spice flavors. So sit back with your cup of tea and let's relax together for a few minutes as we see where this week's podcast will take us. Good morning and a warm teacup welcome to all those again who are able to tune in with us. Thank you for letting me invade these few minutes of your day. Hopefully, uh, I'm invading with encouragement from the Lord as um, we want to get through the remainder of the week. If you're able to listen on Wednesday with us or whenever you might be tuning in, that your spirits are lifted. So we continue to desire to grow in God's Word and realize all the blessings that He has for us. This morning, we're going to continue our study of the Beatitudes those qualities, characteristics of Christ that we find in Matthew chapter 5. And he wants to build those into our lives. Each one of these uh, specific characteristics, these qualities that we're going to look through, uh, he's desiring for us to build them that they're a part of our life, that they're second nature to us. And as we look through these, we're going to see how they form that continuing picture of Christ. And, and the example, uh, as we find in Romans 8, 28, uh, where uh, Scripture tells us that all things uh, work together for the good uh, to form in our lives. All those things are working together. All these characteristics that we can use to work together to be more Christ-like. Last week, as we saw, the first quality, the first characteristic uh, was to be poor in spirit. I hope that you were able to uh, glean our need for that spiritual dependence on the Lord uh, that we have to continually, continually learn to depend on God first. We depend on Him first and foremost for our salvation, but every hour, every minute, every moment as we walk through our Christian lives, we are dependent on Christ. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, today uh, we're going to move to the uh, second characteristic, the second character quality uh, that Christ teaches through this passage. So I hope you have your Bible. Again, I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. We'll be in Matthew chapter 5, and we'll read through verse 4 today. Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, and I'll begin in verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. And then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now let me start today by saying that there's some differing opinions as to what exactly Jesus is meaning here concerning the word mourn and its context. Uh, according to what translation you might be using, uh, the word grieve might actually be used. Uh, and that would be a good translation uh, that would also apply, uh, but that gives 
also uh, more conversation to perhaps the differences in the interpretation, if you will, of what the context is and what Christ is trying to teach. After a thorough study of these passages, uh, I'm going to share with you what I believe the Spirit has revealed to me. But now I'm Brother Tommy. I am not a Bible scholar. I am a Bible student who is ever desiring to grow in Christ. And I believe that he is teaching something very specific here. Uh, but it can certainly be used in many ways. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, again, verse 4, Blessed are those who mourn. Again, your translation might say grieve. For they shall be comforted. Now that sounds simple enough. Those who are grieving will be comforted. Those who are sad or mourning will be comforted. And perhaps you would use this verse to share with someone who has suffered the loss of a loved one uh, and is needing comfort in the midst of those circumstances. Now, again, please understand, hear me out. I don't for one minute doubt that this uh, can be applied to our Christian life in this particular situation. And as always, we look to the Lord at such times and find in Him the balm that we need because, as we all know, Jesus is the balm. But when our spirits are crushed with sadness and recognizing there's no other comforter who knows exactly what we need and can supply that need without fail, it is He and He alone that will give purpose and hope beyond that present situation. But I believe that the Spirit is teaching us more. I believe there's more to this verse. And we need to see that in the context, in the whole group of the Beatitudes, what Christ is referring to as mourning isn't necessarily uh, how we look at it, again, as the instance that I was just mentioning. As I've studied through this, I believe that putting this together in, again, that entirety of the Beatitudes, of the Sermon on the Mount, that it's much more spiritual quality, a much more spiritual characteristic uh, that Christ is teaching. And that being said, uh, as we look to deal with the spiritual realities in our lives, I believe that simply put, Jesus is saying that we must mourn over sin. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. James chapter 4 verse 9 states that uh, to be miserable, to mourn and weep because of your sins. 1 Corinthians 5.2, Paul says the church should have mourned the sins of a man who was living immorally in the church. And uh, for me, uh, that's the kind of thing that Christ is talking about here in Matthew 5.4. He's referring to that mourning of sin, something specific that, again, we have to be broken down to. As we looked last week, the poor in spirit, recognizing that at the bottom, when we get to the end of the rope, Christ is there. Christ is all we've needed the whole time. And it's when we get to that point that the kingdom of heaven is afforded to us and to recognize that we are in sin. And only when we recognize that can we receive comfort from that sin. Now, I realize that's probably not what most people really want to hear. And honestly, in today's world, that sounds odd. Uh, because of how uh, things are being taught. We've been taught that we shouldn't even dwell on sins. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that has caused us in too many instances to either justify our sins, to blame our sins on someone else, or simply to just move past our sins and forget about them. Because we all know it's taboo today in the world to 
Uh, we certainly don't need to look to someone and call them a sinner because that might damage their self-esteem. But that's exactly how uh, Christ is teaching here. Mourning over sin is opposite of what popular culture, popular opinion is encouraging us to do. But are we going to follow that or are we going to follow what Christ is teaching? I found a quote. I want to draw your attention to it that I think will shed a little bit more light. Uh, here we go. Jesus turns the world upside down with the Sermon on the Mount. Or rather, he puts it right side up. He says that you must not skip over your sin or minimize it. Instead, you need to be confronted with your sin so that you can mourn over it and let your mourning over sin cause you to take it to the Lord so that he can deal with it. I was very encouraged by that, so that he can deal with it. How often is it that we try to deal with our own sins? Now, there are several examples uh, in Scripture, and one of the best ones that I found that I want to share today is in Isaiah 6. Uh, certainly, we all uh, hopefully know that story of when Isaiah has the vision of God in the temple and with the angels calling out, Holy, Holy, Holy. Well, Isaiah's first response to that vision of God was to say what? Woe is me, for I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now, as soon as Isaiah saw the vision of the thrice holy God being Holy Father, Holy Son, Holy Spirit, he was immediately convicted with that strong sense of what his very own sin was. For Christians today... That genuine encounter with God will always convict us of our sins. Hebrews reminds us that our God is a consuming fire. And so Isaiah, in this experience, as soon as he encountered God, was made aware of his sin. It was brought to light by that consuming fire of holy God. And his response, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. He mourned over his sins, specifically the sins of his lips. Now note in this lesson the encouragement for us. That mourning led to his cleansing. What an awesome picture that we see. Isaiah mourned his sin and the Bible goes on to tell us that one of the angels came to him with a coal from the altar, touched his lips with it, and said, your iniquity is taken away and your sin is forgiven. It was after that that the Lord gave Isaiah his call to ministry. And as we know, some of the greatest revelations in all of Scripture are found in the book of Isaiah. But before he could have the comfort, before he could recognize the glory of those revelations, even before any cleansing could come to him in his life, he first had to have mourning over his sin. And that's why Jesus says here that the one who mourns his sin is blessed because it's that person, the person that takes his sin to the Lord, the only place that it can be taken care of by the only one who can cover sin. Only when we first mourn our sins will we ever be truly blessed. Christ again says, blessed, as we talked about, spiritually happy is the one who mourns over his sin, for they 
shall be comforted. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's podcast. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Today may have given you a different perspective on this blessing, a shift of focus from mourning that which is lost to celebrating that which is gained. Only when we first mourn our sins will we be truly blessed. However, this mourning should not be a one-time occasion at our salvation, but should be a repeated response. Genuine encounter with God will always convict us of our sins. I remember a praise song I sang as a teenager. Brokenness, brokenness is what I long for. Brokenness is what I need. Brokenness, brokenness is what you want from me. May our recognition of sin lead us to brokenness, to mourning. And then may we be comforted that God has provided the cleansing we need. We look forward to spending time with you next week. But until then, may your cup overflow with his blessings.